imagine a roller coaster of life, right? From having a stroke, having to train to lift up a piece of paper, to making $1 million in a week, then going back down to losing it back all again, and today coming back stronger than ever. If that's a story that intrigues you, that interests you about our man here, Rashwin, stay tuned because this is going to be on the Modern Wealth Podcast. everybody, welcome to this episode and very, very special episode of the Modern Wealth Podcast where we aim to empower, enrich and evolve you in a totally different spectral plane altogether because today you are hearing me talking because I'm in audition to take over the host permanently from the boss man, okay? So I'm here, right? So please, more likes, more comments, more subscribe so that I can do this more, okay? So that he can go and relax. Alright, so today our guest is none other than our boss man here, Rashman. Everybody give it a round of applause, alright? So, alright, so before we go into today's episode, right, I just wanted to, to, to talk about something that is really, really special because, you know, normally you've been hearing Rashman interviewing our amazing guests on the show. You know, he invites a lot of his super uh, good friends, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs, uh, huge uh, traders to be on the show to share all their amazing stories. But the thing is this, one of the most amazing individuals is sitting in this chair interviewing those people, right? So that is why today we're going to swap that role and we're going to ask him all the hard questions, all the funny questions, all the, I don't know what other kind of questions that you all have been asking over the comments over the past few weeks and we're all going to throw it over to him, all right? So this man here is a literal, uh, well, he, I wouldn't even say he's a jack of all trades. He's actually a master of all trades. Uh, wow. Your sense of pun because he's a trader. <laughs> right? Okay, so he's like literally a master of all trades here. So today I'm gonna peel into his, his life story, you know, how he actually got so successful, what his mindset, what his philosophy, and if that interests you, like, comment, subscribe and watch on. Okay, so Resh, welcome to your own show. Hey man, thank you very much for having me on my own show. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> how, how does it feel, first of all, how does yeah. it feel to be sitting on the other side? Yeah, actually, it feels good, man. It feels good. I, I you know, uh, of course, you know, we've interviewed many, many amazing guests. If you haven't watched the videos, please go and watch the videos, guys. But, uh, you know, I've always wanted to also be able to share some of, uh, you know, some wisdom that I've gained over the years as well. So it's great. Uh, you know, hopefully we have a very good interview today so I can share some insights with regards to my mindset, some uh, Outlooks I have with regards to the markets, you know, coming up very, very soon. Hopefully, I can give you all some really good tips in this video as well, man. So, I'm excited, bro. The boss just said he hopes that I do a good job. So, <laughs> pressure's on me. All right, yes. let's do it. Yep. Okay, so, so, I mean, for, for many people in your community, obviously, they have heard about your story, you know, how you have been, you know, on, on your first million at a very, very young age and you went mm. on to be so successful. Mm. But for many of the viewers here, right, on the, on the show, on YouTube, or yep. listening to your podcast, they may not know... Uh, actually who you know, Rashwin actually is. Yes, so yes, could yes. you share a little bit more about your background? How do you even come to where, where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So again, like Gavin said, you know, uh, my name is Rash. Um, I am the founder of Modern Wealth Academy, right? But again, I started off uh, investing, this, this intrigue with regards to investing and growing my money at a very early age. I started this journey when I was actually 18 years old, when I was actually in uh, national service. I was very intrigued by, you know, achieving this time and financial freedom. 
right? So I wanted to find out a lot more about it, and that's how I, uh, you know, started off by initially going into different business opportunities, uh, starting off with some network marketing companies, you know, trying to learn about sales, about goals. Then eventually, I stumbled across stock investing, and I started learning about how to invest in stocks. And you know, slowly but surely, I started learning about these these different things. Eventually, I learned about how to use my voice to speak to actually share as well, right? So all of these things actually combine uh, for me to actually achieve. Uh, some amazing things in life, right? I started growing my portfolio exponentially. I started being able to share my knowledge across the world, and uh, because of these things, I was able to, you know, not not too bad. By the time I was what twenty seven years, twenty six, twenty seven years old, I managed to build over a seven figure portfolio for myself. You know, achieve a financial freedom at a pretty early age as well. But yeah, man, you know, all of that I managed to achieve in a matter of what seven eight years. Right, starting off quite, starting off pretty early lah. So uh, that's a little bit of myself. So today I run uh, Modern Wealth Academy. You know, our goal, you know, as you all can actually see, is to empower, enrich, and evolve people's lives, right, by teaching them actionable modern wealth strategies, right, to really transform their lives. Yeah. Okay, man, bro. But before we go there, I yep. think we, we jump ahead of the timeline already, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like absolutely. Loki has come here and conquered the timeline. We are now just sure. skipping ahead. Yep. But I want to move ahead a little bit, uh, behind back, a little bit yes, more, man. Yes, yes. Because you were actually first known to me when mm. I first know you. Mm. I didn't know Rashwin as Rash the man, you know. The, the, the only thing I knew was I'm a one-pack man. He's a six-pack man, right? Yes. He's a six-pack investor. Yes, yes. So the, the thing is this, right? You, from, from young, right? You, 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 you were actually an athlete from what yes, I understand. You yes. were an athlete, you know. You, you trained very, very hard. Mm. And I, I'm just curious. Right, because I believe how you were brought up, right, your character, your discipline mm. didn't just happen overnight. You probably no. from from a very young age, that yep. you you build it up. I want to hear that part of the story as well. Cool, cool. So yeah. uh, absolutely, man. You know, again, I honestly believe that. Uh, okay, lah. At least this is for myself. A lot of what I've achieved today uh, started when I was a very very young boy. It actually started in my day. Right, it's actually starting my dad. So my again, my parents. Some context. I come from a very, very middle-income family. My mom works as a nurse in a hospital in Singapore. My dad works in a shipyard. Right, but they both taught me very important values. My dad taught me the importance of working hard. Right, he taught me the importance of not giving up. There was this quote in my house: "Defeat is only when you stop trying." Right, my dad always told me: "You step up, you go again. You never give up." Right, and he had a very very strong work ethic. Every day he'll be up 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, before he can wake up. You know, he had a very strong work ethic, and he he was a leader in his company as well. Right, so I always saw that when I was growing up. When I my dad was my model. My mom is a very compassionate person. She loves people. She's always talking about giving to me. When I was very very young, she always brought me along uh, for community events where. We would buy like Milo packets. We buy food rations. We go to nursing homes, and I was a small primary school boy, right? But she taught me how, how it's like to give, right? So my mom is a nurse, uh, and you know, obviously she deals with them in the hospital. But she'll even bring me to see her patients. You know, she will go out of her way to go to the patient's house to go and bring them, you know, to places and all that stuff. And I saw her right doing all of this stuff. My mom is best, uh, just to share with you. She's a president's award winner. For being the best nurse in Singapore or something, right? Wow! Like she actually won that award. And again, my mom has a heart of gold, right? Wait, like so, so, so what I'm hearing is that your your mom works in the hospital as yeah, a nurse, yeah. And on the off days and everything, she actually bring you out visit the patient. <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. Oh, no, that's she, amazing, man. Crazy. That's... Yeah, like I, I don't know. She just goes above and beyond, right? So that those are my parents, man. You know, they they really have very very good qualities, and I saw that growing up. 
you know, I saw that with my own eyes. And, you know, all this was instilled in me since I was very young. So I really believe in this one thing, right? What you do as parents will affect your children. Your children don't watch what you say, they watch what you do. What you do will affect them forever, for the rest of their lives. I saw that as a model. I saw that and those things got imprinted in me. Right, so you know, for me today, I work hard. Right, I have discipline. I put in the work, put in the effort because of what my dad taught me. Right, and if you know me, you know I one of my goals is you know one of the goals that I uh, that I have is to build a massive community of givers, people who give, people who will contribute to society as well. And that was implanted in me from my mother from a very young age because she always taught me, son, the more you give, the more you receive. You'll always be blessed if you remember the first gift. Right, so these were some two core principles that my parents actually taught me since I was very young, and I've applied that in every aspect of my life, in even until today, lah. So if you ask me, uh, you know, uh, thank you know my mom, my dad, if you're watching, I love you, right? Uh, thank you for uh, everything that you've taught me. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you comment, the more you post. So start commenting. Okay, <laughs> but okay. So having said that, right? I mean, amazing parenting. I yep. mean, that's that's really. Uh, I, I love the other quote that you said in your house as well. You only face a defeat when you stop trying. Yes. I mean, that's that's really so true because, you know, the only point where it stops happening for you is when you stop doing. Absolutely. Right? You actually stop 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 progressing. Mm-hmm. So, your dad and mom, you know, you grew up in such a loving, you know, such a, I would say, very oriented family. Mm-hmm. But then. You know, after that, you translate that into your your school life, yes, and yes, I probably yes. uh, looking at his guns right now. Uh, I mean, these guns, <laughs> right? For those of you who are listening on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel and start seeing him. Because I'm gonna get him to unbutton some, some something later. Yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. So, so so you know, you, you went into bodybuilding naturally, yes, right? Yes. That's why six pack investor ultimately yes, then came around. Yes. Like, like what what got you into bodybuilding? Okay, why, let me let me share you a story. Yeah. Very interesting story. So I you know again. I might appear big on video, but actually I'm quite short in real life. <laughs> I'm not exactly a very tall person. So ever since I was in primary school and everything, to be honest, I got bullied quite a bit, right? Because of because I am quite short, I'm quite dark, right? So I always got bullied, right? So you know, there's a lot of insecurities that were built in me because you know I was always the shortest in class. You know, always the guy. You know, take class photo always. Hey, Raj, go in front. You're the shortest guy, right? So, uh, you know, secondary school, same thing, you know, and I think primary school was quite traumatizing for me because, you know, that's when you got girls in your class and all that, then, oh, uh, no, the girl... Wait, sorry, uh, you were traumatized by girls? Yeah, bro, because the girl, the girl I liked didn't like me, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, then, you know, I get, because she was maybe a head taller than me, right? So, quite sad, but anyways, right? uh, (laughs) That's a story we're coming back later, okay? Okay, but, but, so I went to, I went to secondary school, right? And again, same thing lah. I was always bullied and stuff like that. So I was thinking to myself, like, you know, what's one way in which I can stand out? And the one way I could stand out was by going to the gym lah, right? Trying to build my body, trying to get better. So I had this mentor. I would say he was my first mentor. His name is Joshua. Joshua, I love you, brother. You know, you have no idea how much you impacted my life. Joshua Isaac, right? Like this guy, he was one year older than me. I was in the. I was trying to do a pull up. I couldn't do a pull up. And then I remember my friends were laughing at me. They're like, Ah, yeah, this guy talk cock. Can I even do pull up? Right, so I was like, oh, damn it, man. So I think the next couple of days, every day I go to the pull-up bar and try to pull myself up. Couldn't pull, couldn't pull. And then there was this one guy who was sitting there. His, his name was Joshua. He saw me trying and trying and trying. He said, hey, Resh, come and follow me to the gym. Right? So he was one year my senior and he brought me to the gym and he showed me the, showed me the way, showed me the path. He's like, hey, this is what you got to do. Bicep curls, lat pull-downs. So I started doing the bicep curls, the lat pull-downs. And then I fell in love with it, you know. 
And then I started seeing myself growing. Suddenly, my muscles started growing. Suddenly, all those guys who were laughing at me because I couldn't do pull-ups, I started doing 10 pull-ups. Then they all shut up, right? So, you know, it was great. You know, my chest started growing. My arms started growing. I started getting bigger. People started saying, oh, this guy, I gym a lot, right? Got body and all that stuff. So I saw myself started growing. I started this journey when I was sec 2. 14 years old, right? You went from you went from falling in love with a girl to falling in love with yourself. Yeah, with myself. <laughs> myself. <laughs> with the gym and body and whatever. But, you know, it was really hardcore. It was really serious. I took the, the entire thing. I really fell in love with the process and I took it very seriously. Every day after school, you only find me in the gym, right? I'll be in the gym, I'll be training. You know, in that entire period of time where my friends were going out there to play computer games, like, to be honest, guys, I don't have much of a life, right? I never play games one. I'm not a gamer or whatever it is. All my boys' school, everyone playing games and doing whatever. I was in the gym doing lunges and squats, man. Right? So that was my life. I was very, very disciplined. You know, my food, you know, my friends would go out, eat KFC. I'll be there eating chicken breast, you know. So I was very, very disciplined. But that also was the start of everything, right? Because I wrote this book called The Six-Pack Investor, uh, A Young Man's Guide to Getting Rich and Ripped. And a huge part of the book was how my success in business was because of my foundations in the gym. My foundation in secondary school when I started really holding my mindset. Right? It was about not getting distracted, being focused on a single goal. Right? It was about uh, being disciplined to say no to things. Right? It was about doing the work consistently every single day, even though you might not see results yet. So all of that I started building up in secondary school, man. Right? So, and that was the foundation to everything. So, so you, you, you went from a zero... I used to be a zero warrior. So you know, we, we call it... <laughs> People can't do poor are a zero warrior. Mm. Right? So you went from a zero warrior yep. to becoming someone who fell in love with the gym mm. and end up, I mean, you haven't even got to that part where I think you, you represented Singapore, yes, right? Yes, yes, you, yes, yes. I remember some, some story about you winning medals mm. and, and stuff. So I got, I got so strong in the gym that eventually I got to represent Singapore in uh, Olympic weightlifting. So I think sec three or something, I actually emailed the president. I said, hey, can I come for tryouts? Can I go and try about Olympic weightlifting? So he said, okay, Ken, I came about and I was quite young and I was actually quite strong, right? And, um, you know, eventually I was tasked to um, become an athlete. I was trained to become an athlete under um, our Singapore's first Olympic medalist. Uh, first Olympic medalist, if you know him, his name is uh, Tan Hao Liang. So he was my coach. You know, we, we trained and, you know, eventually I got to represent Singapore all across the world, you know, in the youth categories and stuff, right? So, yeah, man, I started representing Singapore uh, in my category in Singapore. Uh, I was a gold medalist. I can't remember in which year. So, yeah, man, so, uh, you know, my life was literally, right, uh, school, training, homework, next day school. I lived a very regimented lifestyle, right? Um, it's not easy because I was trying to juggle school, and doing well for my country in weightlifting. And yeah, man, so that was the lifestyle. Oh, you got to change your profile. It's not just, you know, a Rashwin, a business owner, investor, coach. Right? You have to put Olympian. <laughs> not <right>? Olympian, lah, <laughs> bro. So I did, I did. Actually, that was a story. That's a story. I, actually, a story. One, of the, one of the big goals at that point of time uh, was uh, London 2012 Olympics, right? So, you know, again, every athlete, if you're if you're representing Singapore, for example, you know, if your sport is in the Olympic Games, who allowed to be an Olympian it will be a dream come through. Right? So that was something that I was working towards very, very hard. Right? But then something would have happened. Lah. Some, yeah. Don't, don't leave us hanging. Come on. Come on, guys. Uh, sure, sure, sure. So, um, yeah, so this, this is basically, so that was my, again, whatever I've shared so far is my mindset, you know, uh, what it took for me to succeed. Um, in 
2012, right, I was actually uh, enlisted, right, to, uh, again, for those of you who are not from Singapore, and Singapore um, national service is compulsory, right, so I was enlisted in 2012 to become a soldier in the army, right, and me being me, if you know me by now, if you can hear, hear from me by now, I wanted to be a military officer, I wanted to be the best. I want to be... The very best. Absolutely. That no one ever was, uh, right? Kill, kill Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> I want to be the best, right? Yeah. Interesting. I watched so much of that when I was younger, right? Uh, Got to catch them all. <laughs> right? Okay, anyways. Um, so, you know, I really, really wanted to be the best, yeah. right? I wanted to become an officer in the army like you, right? I wanted maybe, to... Maybe. I, I wanted to be... A, uh, I wanted to really achieve and do really well in the army, Right? Um, and also at that point I was also training for Singapore and hopefully to qualify for the Olympic Games so I was training really really hard I was getting my body in the best shape ever to actually be a military officer as well and then I still remember I enlisted right uh, January 2020 January 30th of Jan uh, 2012 right so I enlisted and uh, what happened was quite unfortunate right so I still remember what happened was I think it that very first day, right, so my parents came for the sending off parade, right, so if you remember, there's this entire BMT, BMT sending off parade. Tukong, right? In Tekong. In Tekong, in So my parents came, and then all my guys, all the platoon mates, everybody was there, all our head shaved, ball and everything, and as we were saying the pledge, right? raise your hands, say the pledge and whatever else, as I was saying the oath and saying the pledge, I actually collapsed and fell, right? Well, I was so, saying the, the pledge. Yeah, bro, so I was there and then I collapsed and fell, like, I don't know, like, I just blacked out, right, completely blacked out. Sent to the MO. Right, they were checking on me. They're like, "Okay, cool, just rest for a while." Then after I was sent back to uh, my bunk, right, just relax a bit or whatever it is. Then you know, I just carried on doing my normal things, and then I just progressively felt worse and worse, right. And one day, I still remember in the middle of the night, I basically just like again just literally collapsed because I was in so much pain and I just uh, collapsed on the ground. You know, I went to the I went to report sick at three a.m. in the morning. They asked me to please go like leave me alone. 6 a.m. I went back, I was gone, right? I was flat on the ground. They sent me to the MO. Eventually, it was so serious, they sent me off to the mainland hospital. And what happened was, I actually, um, I couldn't feel anymore, right? I couldn't feel my hands anymore. Uh, I saw my face started drooping. You know, it was quite crazy, right? So there were basically symptoms of a stroke that I actually had. And dude, it was, bro, the pain was unbearable it was insane right like I it was so bad I still remember uh, I was on the hospital bed they were wheeling me into the hospital right my mom came down my mom rushed down and uh, I remember telling my mom I was like mom you know if anything happens I love you right and you, I, you, you literally felt that it, that was I, I dude I was it, uh, and my mom nearly slapped my face you know I swear like I still remember I told her mom anything happens I love you she nearly like shut up right she, she nearly slapped my face uh, but I was wheeled in and I didn't know what was happening man. it was so bad and uh, yeah eventually they actually transferred me to the neuro department and they actually saw that there was actual symptoms right and it was very bad my face started drooping and my parents tried to be very strong brother they tried to be very very strong for me they tried to really be you know to support lah, right but what happened was um, I still remember I think on the fifth day of admission I stood up trying to go to the toilet and then I just fell down and the reason why was because I couldn't feel my legs anymore as well bro right I, I completely lost sensation in my legs I couldn't feel anymore on my legs and then at that point of time bro my mom I still remember very clearly you know she 
after bringing me back to her bed and everything, she ran behind the curtain and started bawling her eyes out. She didn't want me to see, right? But she ran behind the curtain and she started crying like crazy. I think only a mother will understand, right? And yeah, bro, it was very painful. And the reason why it was painful was because, like, you know, I, I suffer myself, it's okay, but why, why do my parents have to go through this as well, right? So I was very, very angry with God. Why is this happening to me? It was just very painful, bro, right? And yeah, man, why, why was it happening to me, right? Like, I was a guy who was lifting thousands of kilograms and now I was in the hospital. Literally, bro, I had massive muscle wastage, right? I couldn't even lift a piece of paper anymore. I was trying to learn how to lift a piece of paper again, no, bro. Like, that's how serious it was. And yeah, bro, it was a very, very difficult time, man. Um, and I think the hardest part for me was when the doctors came in and the doctors told me, number one, Rash, you are now down pass. We are permanently downgrading you from pass A to pass E9, L9. That meant that my military dream was over. I could never become an officer again. And the worst thing was when the doctor came in and told me, and my mom also told me, she said, I don't want you to be weightlifting anymore. I wanted to stop. And that was my complete dream dashed. Everything gone, finished, right? And the reason why was because, like, I don't know if any of you all can relate to what I'm saying, but that was what I love to do, you know. Imagine if one day somebody tells you that your dream, what you love to do, you cannot do anymore. So I was left without purpose, I was left without reason, I was left without anything to actually do. So I was, you know, eventually I got discharged, I went back home and I was very depressed, la, bro, seriously. Like, you know, what do I do in life? Right? What do I do in life? Like, I want to serve, also cannot serve. I want to live, also cannot live. Like, for what? What is the reason and what's the purpose of living anymore? Right? So this was a very dark period of time I was in, right? Okay, let's not talk about the girlfriend, but... Okay, anyways. Uh, oh, so, so, so there is a girl, okay. No, no. Like, it was, it was very, very difficult, right? Like, I even had a point of time where... Jeez, I... Uh, okay, never mind. Uh, yes, yes. So it was, it was tough, right? It was tough. <laughs> Okay, I just I just share lah, right? So <laughs> I had a point where, you know, I had my partner at that point also leave me because you know, I still remember, right? Like the person actually said, I don't want to have to take care of uh, a person who has this for the rest of my life. Right? My gosh, at that point of time do you do you ever was that even like do you even know if you could recover? As in there were signs of progression, lah, bro, but then again, you know, you really never know, right? So I was going every three times a week to occupational therapy to move my fingers, right? And just to get back function. So yeah, man, everything was gone, right? Uh, and I didn't know what to do. So that was the period of time I was in. And you know, many nights I would cry and whatever not. But you know, my mom was always there for me, right? My mom would always be there for me. You know, she, she used to hang this verse in my wall, which says, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? So it was a verse in the Bible. And she'll come to me and tell me, you can do all things, son. You can do all things. God will strengthen you. You can do all things, son. You can do all things. And I didn't understand, bro. But she'll keep telling me, she'll keep seeding this thing in me, right? There's this thing which is in my room. And every day I just look at it and I say, uh, I can do all things. What can I do? I cannot do anything, right? But one day, she came to me. She held me. She held me. And she told me, son, you know, if you cannot do something physically, you can use your brains. You can do something, right? For sure, you can use your brains and make it work for you as well, right? Why not? You're very talented. You can go and do it. So I said, you know what? Okay, lah, ma. Right? Let me just go and see what I can do. We went to the bookshop and I happened to, because cliche as it sounds, bro, I happened to come across uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. Link to purchase below. 
Yes, I happened to come across. So I read the book and I was like, wow, I was very, very amazed. I was like, wow, this is very, very interesting. There's so much, like, you know, which just opened my mind. Mm. Right? I think the biggest thing that he actually said that was very, very cool to me was the whole, you know, don't ask, uh, don't say I can't afford it. Ask, how can you afford it? Absolutely. Right? Yes. I think there was, you know, there was many things said in the book. There was one thing that I was like, you know, when you say, I cannot afford you immediately shut your mind. Ask how you can and then it opens up your mind. Many principles in the book, guys. Uh, like so many. Beautiful book. So I loved it. I was like, wow, this is very, very interesting. And then, very interestingly, I saw an ad on Facebook or something where he was going to be in Singapore. And I was like, holy shit, man. Wow, how come he's so nice in Singapore, right? So I immediately signed up for that, for that, for that event as well. I remember going for the event. I was sitting right at the back, somewhere behind because I only could afford the cheap seats, right? I looked at the stage, I saw Robert Kiyosaki, and what was very, very interesting, bro, was all the other speakers, right? And then I was like, wow, they talked about e-commerce, they talked about, wow, hey, dropshipping, they talked about investing, they talked about all these things, wow, can make millions of dollars, some of them, like, Cao Abing also can make money, and then I was like, wow, wow, hey, oh, if these guys can, I can, lah, right? And then I, something got seeded in me as well, I was like, one day, I want to go on that stage and speak, one day, I want to maybe be like them uh, and be on the National Achievers Congress stage and share my journey as well. Their seed got planted that day, man. So yeah, so that was my first exposure to Sean, to Jazz. Yeah, I remember the entire lineup, bro. Sean, Jazz, Mario, all these guys were there. They're all my good friends today. You know, many of the guests you'll see today as well as on the, on the podcast. So that was that one event. I signed up for one of the causes, I still remember, and life was never the same again. I wanted to sing another song, but then he says, all right, let's stop singing for now. But I just want to bring this whole, you know, this whole journey. But bro, 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 yeah. hold on, hold on. So, uh, if I were to summarize everything, if yeah. I were to, like, what was my biggest lesson from this thing? Exactly. Right? Okay. What was my biggest lesson, right? It would be this, right? Like, God never closes a door for no reason, one. Never, ever, 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 ever. He never closes a door on you for no reason, no purpose. When a door closes, something else will open. And if you are open enough to see the opportunity, you will understand why it is there for you. Right? Everything happens for a reason and that reason is to serve you. I, I tell you, that is the motto for my life, man. So today, you know, you cannot bring me down. If something negative happens, and it always happens, I run an organization, you know, with million parts running, there's always, you know, hiccups or whatever, but nothing get me down. And the reason why is because I know that if something bad happens is to make me become a better, stronger person. And that got really ingrained in me, you know. So in my trading, in my life, in my investments, for example, if things don't work out, I ask myself, right, what's this lesson going to teach me? Why is this happening to me? And how can I get better? Right? So that got ingrained in me. So you cannot bring me down today because of that one incident that happened in my life. I absolutely so agree with that. I mean, for those of you who are watching right now, there's going to be, or listening in right now, there's... There's so many things happening in life today. There's so many things happening around the world today. There's so many things that's happening around us that seemingly want to bring us down, that seemingly goes against us. But like what Rash is saying, I mean, listen to his story. This man here, if you look at him today, you'll never think that he was in a hospital for such a long period of time, have to train to leave out a piece of paper. I, I mean, guys, come on. Can you even imagine that? <laughs> Training to leave out a piece of paper. Even a baby could do that, but he has to train for it. That's crazy. Right, and then with the love of the family and everything bouncing back, that is really uh, truly uh, humongous. And for those of you who are watching, really, I think just uh, remember right, that when one, one door closes, 
another opens up for you and you're never never out of the room right so for those of you who ever feel that way you know, comment down below let us know now what's the issue that you're facing and we're here to support you right i mean the community is here the people are here we will always love to listen to your stories and see how we can best bring you forward as well so rash with that you had a dream right you you had a dream on the stage you know you you, you bought a book about oh, by the way talking about the book earlier right you had this book called the uh, six pack Investor, uh, investor yes, yes, yes. right? Getting rich and rip. So I was just wondering, right? I'm gonna uh, get some uh, lobang, right? For those of you who don't know what lobang means, lobang means a good stuff, right? For for you guys who are listening now or, or watching this uh, YouTube channel, is there a way that you could actually get that book? Um, uh, I yes, I believe so. I believe it's on Amazon, right? Uh, it's Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Right? Okay. So you can actually go and search up uh, six pack investor on Amazon. Probably you can get it. Yes. Okay. Well, can we can we make them an offer? Yes. But if you comment down below, if you comment down, like and subscribe, turn on the notification bell, our team will reach out to you and maybe drop them a copy. Can we do that? Possible. 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 Gavin, I have to figure it out. <laughs> alright, boss. Yes, alright. I have to figure it out. But if you do that, we're going to send it over to you, alright? So, okay. So, so we're going to have that uh, benefit for all our audience here. Sure. And then we got another book, right? Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Brother. I think yes, many yes, of us yes. in the industry, yes, it's the famous know. everyone yes. knows this book. Yep. And because of that, you went to NAC, uh, National Achievement Program. So mm. shout out to mm. Success Resources, yes, you know, yes, yes. Richard and Veronica as well. Yes. Um, you saw Robert on stage. Mm. And what's amazing is that, I mean, we are all seeing pictures of you standing next to that giant man himself. Yes, yes, yes. So I course. want to hear more about the story. How did that happen? Oh, man. Yeah, so basically, I went from that, right? And I think it was a matter of Three, and, three years, three or four years later, where I was a speaker on that stage. I remember the very first time that I spoke alongside Robert Kiyosaki, very interestingly, talk about an entire you know, circle, right, was uh, in Japan, 2018, right, where I was uh, a speaker beside Robert Kiyosaki. So the main highlights were Robert Kiyosaki and Mary Buffett. And uh, I was uh, a speaker alongside them. And I remember, man, when I was backstage, bro, I tell you this picture, this scene, I'll never forget. Imagine, dude, there was Robert, there was Mary, there was one Japan's one of the richest guys in Japan. There was Ping Jun, there was, there was uh, you know, Sean, there was, and then there was me. And I was like, you know, I felt this massive imposter syndrome, right? I said, who, who the hell am I, right? Who, who am I? Like, how am I deserving enough to stand among these giants, bro? Right? And I was one of the speakers and, oh, I tell you, it was a dream come true, right? Really, really a dream seriously come true and I was so grateful. I just thank God. But yeah, man, you know, a lot of people face imposter syndrome as well, right? Which I completely relate to, right? Like, you know, who am I? Who, you know, what do I know, right? Imposter syndrome. And at that moment of time, among these giants, among these multi-multi-millionaires, billionaires, I felt very small. But, you know, in the end of the day, I think the thing that I told myself was this. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you know. You know, what people care about is how much you care for them and what you can actually do to serve them. So true, so true. Right? Like, you know, it's not about what you know, it's about how much you care about the people you serve. So, you know, with a clean conscience in my heart, I know that if I could help people, that's what people really want, right? Because people don't care whether you have a million dollar bank account or what. How can you help me make a million dollars? That's what they care about. Absolutely. <laughs> you're a giant as well. You're a giant on giving. Yes, I think that's absolutely. So, that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you, you touched on a topic uh, that I feel that many, many of the people who's watching this channel right now, or mm. even many of our community members, may also feel this way sometimes, right? We talk yeah. about this term called the imposter syndrome. Uh, yes. syndrome. Yes. And many people, especially when they are attempting to give, mm. they might feel that way because they, they are worried, you know, who am I to give? 
Who am I to share? Yes. Yeah. So, 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 how do you overcome that that mindset? Very simple, bro. Yeah. I tell you something honestly, yeah. guys. Like my story, I started sharing on investing and teaching, uh, uh, you know, for free or whatever it is. When I was still in national service, bro. Right. After that episode. Yes, of- yes, 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 yes. After the episode, twenty thirteen, wow. second two years, right. So I started then, you know, right. Like who the hell am I? People come and listen to me who are twenty years older than me, thirty years older than me. I tell you, you know, look at me. I look like a damn bloody amateur, right? But at the end of the day, you know, two things are very very important, right? So again, know who you serve. Okay, know who you serve. Number one, right? Like if you already have achieved a certain milestone, can you help somebody who's going from zero, right? So if you went from zero to one, right? If I grew my portfolio already to ten thousand dollars in profits. Am I able to help somebody who doesn't even know? The answer is yes, sure. You can serve them, right? Yeah. Because they don't even know how you know how to open an account, how to you know start their journey, for example. So you've achieved at least a certain level of authority to actually do it. Mm. All right. So that gives you the permission to share with them, so that they can get started as well. Mm. Right. So that's something that you must understand. Every aspect of life is that, right? Mm. So I don't need to only earn a million. Then only I can share, for example. Then you earn a million, you don't even feel like you're enough, for example. Right. So you know, whichever journey you are, you can help somebody who is coming up to get to where you are. But never ever forget that when you're helping people to get to where you are, you need to improve yourself to get to the next level as well. Absolutely. So, so always so keep improving yourself so you get to the next point A to point B, for example. But when you're in point B, you can help people at point A get to your point as well. Right, so that's something that you must always, always remember, and never wait until you, one day you are ready, because you will never ever feel that you are ready, right? You will never feel you are ready, right? Like you know, until today, sometimes I have doubts. For example, sure, actually not really lah, no, no more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you put me in a room of billionaires, maybe I'll feel a little bit insecure, right? But anyways, uh, you Let's know, make that happen, huh? yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? But but very like, again, the reason like for me currently right now. As in, and this doesn't come overnight, lah, right? But I have unshakable confidence. You cannot shake me, right? I have unshakable, uncon. Like I know what I do works, right? So there's an unshakable confidence that I have, which you cannot take away from me. You cannot take away from me, right? But that I built over the years, right? But again, it's about helping that one person, and then you slowly start growing that, and that's how you build that confidence, lah. That's that's so interesting because what you, what you just mentioned here. Firstly, I think you you provided so much nuggets to the people that hmm. are watching or listening right now. And one of the key concepts that I think in our community that we keep saying as well is like don't aim for perfection, right? Mm. Just go for progression. progression. Yes. And that's exactly what what you have just mentioned now, now to overcome the imposter syndrome. Yep. And you talk about unshakable confidence, man. Yes. I mean, how many people in the world can say that they have unshakable confidence? Mm. And how strong of a mind they must have yep. in order to have that? So my question to you now, Rash, is this: like, like how did you even develop this mindset? I mean, you went through a lot to probably build up some of that, but. But who else did you look up to or learn from in order mm. to gain this, you know, unshakable confidence? I tell you, it's, it's, it was from weightlifting. I go back, right? Yes. So okay. if I go back to weightlifting, you know, uh, my coach used to teach me this one thing, right? My coach used to teach me. He said, even before you do the snatch, even before you do the clean and jerk, before you go on stage and lift your PB, right? Close your eyes and imagine you completing the lift. Imagine you doing it, completing it, and lifting it successfully. You must be able to visualize first, believe you can do it first before you can go onto the stage and actually do it. The power of belief, the power of visualization. Yes. So you must believe. You must visualize. So literally in my head, I will play out exactly how it will be like. How I will lift it up. You know, literally now the cues are going on my head, man. It's crazy, right? Things so, <laughs> found so. You know, literally everything, and then bam! You know, you lift the weight, and then it's above your head. You got to visualize everything. And that's how it is, man. You know, I before I go on stage and speak to a thousand people, I visualize. 
how the outcome will be. Mm. What I want the end result to be, how I can inspire the audience, how I can make the world move, right? Before I place a trade, the visualization takes place. I know, okay, cool, this will result in me making $10,000 or $50,000, for example. Everything is in my head and I have that belief and visualization before I execute anything, right? So that's a principle that I learned from lifting. From lifting as mm. well, the power of visualization, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, uh, and, and also on that note, right, when you talk about uh, power of lifting, and uh, I remember we had this conversation before this, and we were talking about, you know, you penning down the things that you want. Yes. So maybe about, about that, can you share more, like, because beyond just even imagining it in our head, right? And the truth is, like, for many of us, we can think about stuff in our heads, we can uh, pretend that we are imagining stuff, but we think about it and we forget about it the very next day. And you have another method that I think that you did share that whatever that you actually, whatever you do from that method, it became true. Yes, yes. So yes, can yes. you talk more about that? So um, very simply, when I was very young, uh, as in when I was 18, I actually joined my first uh, uh, network marketing company, right? And one of the first exercises they made us do was to actually write down, like actually write down what you want to achieve specifically, right? Like when, you know, they went through the entire smart goals and whatever, right? You know, achievable, <laughs> smart goals. Right? So again, like, but to basically write down clearly what you want to achieve, right? They went through a process where we had a vision board, right? Piece of pictures and all that stuff. So I did it, man. I still remember I had this, this, this blue paper with a passport photo that I pasted. Yeah, I wrote down my name. I wrote down my bank account, how much money I had at that point of time, which was like $400, right? I literally had the date there, 2012. Then I wrote down all these things, right? I want to be an amazing speaker. I want to be able to invest in properties around the world. I want to be able to travel the world, right? I wrote down all these things. It was very, very interesting because I think three years later, I, three or four years later, I actually found this paper and I achieved every single thing. Every single thing, like whatever I wrote down and actually put it out, I made come to pass, right? So I always have this practice where I write down these things, right? Where, you know, whatever I want to achieve, for example, I write it down and um, whatever I've written down so far in my life, it's come to pass, right? Not a single thing that I've written down has not come to pass. And I thank God for it, right? But again, you know, it's also the work that we put in. It's the grace of God, but you know, it's the work that I put in every day which you know brings me closer to my goals but I think the process of writing it down is very very important absolutely I think that's so amazing so ladies and gentlemen I mean for those of you who are still uh, watching this right now write down right come on comment down below right I'm going to start writing down this. I'm going to comment down to say that I, I, I wish that more people subscribe to our channel you get a game alright so comment down below and start subscribing to our channel if you're enjoying this episode so far I mean Raj has been sharing some amazing stories and later Right, in the second of this episode, we are going into his business philosophy, into his training philosophy, into what his philosophy in life and success are definition. So it's going to be so much more exciting. So remember, I'll see you in just a bit. So guys, welcome back to this uh, exciting episode of Modern Wealth Podcast. So again, this is Gavin here. And of course, our boss man is sitting right opposite me. He's the one being interviewed today. And he really shares us amazing stories. And we're continuing to drill Right, to, to, to barbecue him, to, to steam him, to, to do whatever we want to him, right? So that we can squeeze even more juicy stories out of this amazing, uh, actually maybe not so much juice, lah, too much muscles, okay? At least men, all right, over here. So, just now, uh, before the break, we actually talk about your, your story, right? How you actually got the NAC stage. So what really got me thinking was that, uh, Rash, I was just wondering, from a person who paid the NAC ticket, 
watching Robert Kiyosaki to three years later, right, you being on that stage. What happened? How did you even end up there? Okay, very, very simple, man. If I could, if I could summarize it, yeah. um, my success would never have been possible without mentors and without uh, being able to stand on the shoulder of giants. You need to have mentors in your life. You cannot do this yourself. You need to be able to work with people who can bring you opportunities, who are able to make you see and go where you cannot go, right? And this is by hanging around people who are much further along the journey than you are, right? You want to get there by yourself, it will take damn long, bro. But if you can work with the right mentors, number two, if you're able to add value to these mentors, these mentors will be, will be able to take you to places you can never dream of. So number one would be mentors. Number two, the mentor for me was Sean. Right? Sean as in Sean Sia. Yes, Sean Sia. You know, you probably would have an interview, right? I was able to effectively add values. You see, bro, guys, there are thousands of people who are in my community. But there are some who stand out because they know how to effectively add value to my life. I cannot have the capacity to help a thousand people individually. But if there are ways in which you can think of how you can add value to your mentor, the person will notice you. Mm. I was able to add value effectively to him, have great results myself. I was an asset. And because of that, I got involved with his community. I got involved in his company as well. And he brought me to places that I could never dream of. Eventually, I was made to become the director of Buffett Online School. He introduced me to his mentor, Mary Buffett. I was made to become the director of his company, of, of, of Mary Buffett School, which is called Buffett Online School, which is today still running. It's called Buffett Online School. I was made to become the director of that school. And because of that, I was tasked to, you know, hit the entire operations to actually speak all across the world as well, right? And I was the director of the school for about three years, right? So yeah, man. So again, find a mentor, be able to add value effectively to them. And number three, you said essentially stand on the shoulders of giants and that's how you really go far, right? So yeah, so again, if you are one of my students and watching this video as well, think of these three things. How can you add value to... Uh, you guys hear it from the man himself, right? So he's your mentor. <laughs> number two, add value to him. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of value you're going to add to him, <laughs> huh? but add value to him. He's going to take notice of you. He's going to bring you to places. Yeah. He's going to bring you to the moon. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I'm telling you, man, like, like you know, I, I know people, I have connections. Like, today, after everything that I've built, I'm able, like, you know, if I effectively want to change your life, I can. Absolutely, but, no doubt. I mean, just look at the amount of life that has been changed in our community. Absolutely, bro, absolutely. Sometimes you need just this one connection. It's just about, you know, it's, again, I always say this, not about what you know, it's about who you know. If you know the right people, if you play in the right circles... The right circles can get you to places you can never imagine. I'm telling you, man, this is true in my life and it can be true for yours too. Yeah, absolutely so true. For those of you who are watching our podcast for the first time, I'm going to put the link right over here. We're going to watch this interview with uh, Sean Xiao, which is his mentor. And also, if you want to find out more, we're going to put another link right over here. We're going to watch our interview with one of our committee member, our members, Bernard. I'm telling you, these two stories, it's going to blow your mind, absolutely. Right, so, so you, 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 you had a mentor, Sean, right, you added value to him and that led you uh, to a stage on NAC and that led you to, you said, you know, having business opportunities uh, at, on Buffalo Online School as well. But I mean, 
you know, life is never a bed of roses. You definitely went through that. And I, I think for many of us, we also know business is definitely not a bed of roses as well. So I want to ask you, like, what are some of these ups and downs in this business journey that you actually experienced? Ups or downs, bro? Let's, let's, start with the, let's start with the ups first. Okay. Let's start with the ups first. I think, I think the greatest up would be currently right now with what we are building, right? Yeah. You know, Gavin, you know, he, just in case you guys don't know, he you know, was a real blessing to me uh, this year, January of this year, right? January of this we, year? We met October last year. At Amokyo. Kopi. Kopi was yeah. October last year. Yeah, Kopi was October last year. Yeah, October yeah. last year, right? So, you know, Gavin has been, you know, one of... The, we always say, lah, right? Like, you know, you can never achieve success without a, group, a good team. Right, so I will say that um, you know Gavin was one of the ace aces that I managed to actually find. You know, a guy who talk about adding value, he goes above and beyond. Right, so you know, since then, you know, we he got to you know we had other aces that got added into the team as well, and you know we've grown massively. Right, Absolutely. with a very very clear distinct path with regards to how we can scale up uh, to a company that will be worth eight nine figures in a matter of time. And, you know, I feel very, very blessed because uh, without a good team, you get nowhere, right? You go together, you can go very, very far. So it's about finding the right people. And when you find the right people, you can go very far. So today, I am very confident because I'm sitting in the right vehicle with the right people in the car as well, which uh, will go very far. And I have no doubt, right? So I will say that's the, you know, a journey of up currently right now, which is great. Uh, we will sustain and grow that. So, so, so as of now, we are going to, when I mean, you hear it first, uh, here on the Model Valve podcast, right, we're going to be an 8, 9, or 10 figure company. So, if ever you see MWA, you know, the stock ticker, you know, you're just saying, the stock ticker, interesting, man. You never know, you never know. You never right. know, right? And whatever you write down, it's going to come true. So, start commenting down below, right? The MWA stock ticker is going to come true. Yeah, we got to go and find out whether MWA is taken, huh? right? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, let's, let's, let's find it out ourselves. So, so that was the up, right? And, and I'm sure there must have been some downs as well. So yeah, perhaps absolutely. you could share, share some of this? Before. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure, for sure. So I think one of the biggest ups for me, uh, bro, yeah. the biggest up for me, uh, besides currently now, which is great, but one of the biggest personal ups for me was during COVID. During COVID, yeah. Dude, during COVID, I found my superpower, right? It was kind of crazy, lah, right? Actually, it was quite scary initially because everything got locked down. Mm. We were mainly doing events, speaking around the world. Now, everything was going to go online. And I was like, holy shit, man, done. We were finished, right? How are you going to survive? Then the guy said, oh, let's go online. Let's try it out. And then I tried it out online and just, it just went crazy, right? I could switch on a camera and suddenly a thousand people would come. I was like, holy crap, right? And the last time to fill a thousand person event, you know how difficult it is, bro? So right, tough. the headache, the the <laughs> stress, the logistics. Yeah. Now I'll switch on the camera, I'll dance in front of the camera, and then there'll be a thousand people, right? Two thousand people. It's like holy crap! And I was able to talk influence people from. And now it was not no longer online, and yeah. no, it was no longer physical in person. Yeah. It was literally people from everywhere across the world. Mm. And bro, in terms of investments, I made more money in that one year than the last seven years combined, right? And I was making very good money, right? But then one year was equivalent to... Dude, it was crazy. So in investments fronts, I was doing crazy. In, like, in business front, it went insane, right? We went from doing a million a year to a million in a week, bro. <laughs> you understand the aspect, right? It, 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 based on the numbers, Ali, I mean, it, 
We are not even talking about six figures in a year, right? No, We're no, not no, even no, talking no. about seven figures Dude. in a year. You're talking about million dollars in seven days. One week. freaking dude, it was yeah. insane, bro. But that was the power of COVID, right? So I got to highs that I never thought I could. Nah. But then again, you know, when you achieve so much in such a short period of time, sometimes your head gets a little bit uh, uh, in the clouds as well, right? Mm. I, it, it was quite insane. Uh, my head was in the clouds. And you know that how that, the, the big success also resulted in me making a few um, very unwise, uh, stupid decisions. That would be interesting to share. Um, Any, anything that the audience could to listen to, to, to learn from. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, but one thing, you know, in, in, in hindsight, yeah. in hindsight, right, COVID was a very, very uncertain time. Yes. Then many companies made moves thinking that that would be the way that it would be forever. Mm. So literally during COVID time, I was printing money, mm. right? And I thought I could print money forever. <laughs> right, but but then again, uh, it was not to be the case, lah. Yeah. So with whatever I was doing, I was scaling and extend, hiring people, doing whatever else, making investments in different things, and spending so much money, mm. right? That when suddenly, when COVID suddenly started turning around, where people started going back, our numbers drop, our revenues drop, everything drop, and I was like, holy shit, man! I cannot keep up anymore. I couldn't breathe, mm. right? Because it was. Insane. It was like, you know, my expenses were now fixed. You know, I had, I had payroll of, you know, close to six figures on a monthly basis. And just to survive, I had to try to pull out some magic out of my ass to try and just, like, support uh, my overheads and expenses, right? Including my payroll and staff and everybody else. And it was, it was tiring, bro. It was tiring. Like literally, it would keep me up at night. It would, it would give me so much headache and stress. And I was like, after that one day, I was like, you know, did I even sign up for this? Right? I, I started business and started investing because I wanted freedom. Yeah. But now I was a jailer to my own expenses. And I had to do things that were not aligned to me for the purpose of trying to bring money in. Mm. So imagine you're having to sell or make stupid moves and investments to try and make some extra money so that you can pay off somebody's salary. Like, oh Allah, I'll tell you damn stress, bro. You, like, literally, I couldn't breathe. It was so hard. It was... It got to a point where I was like, I just want to give up, right? And actually, I did. I did pull the plug. One day, I remember I called my team and I just said, I have no more vision. I'm sorry. I... Uh, all of y'all, uh, you know, stop work tomorrow, right? That so, was it? A phone call? No, no, I called them to my, yes. my place and I just... It basically said I was done. I just told them I was going to take a break. I was just going to chill and just, like, you know, try and recollect or, you know, like, yeah. like um, just take a break. I, I, I was done, right? So... I just called and then they were all like, okay, cool. And then everybody just, I just let go of everybody, right? And again, because I was looking at my, my company's account and I was like, dude, I only had like three months runway, three, four months runway before everything will be depleted and I'll go to zero. And I was like, nah, I'm done. So I basically removed everybody and it was very painful. Lah. But yeah, bro. But that period of time, it was quite difficult as well because um, it was, wasn't just me losing vision. I also lost belief in myself 
I lost complete belief, right? I had big dreams, but then I told myself, like, you know, maybe I'm not so special after all. Right? Maybe I'm not so special. Maybe I can't do this anymore. I went through this entire period, bro. Like, you know, now I tell you I unshakable confidence and all that stuff, but I really went through the period where I completely lost belief. And again, when a man loses belief, when a man loses their confidence in himself, it's not good. How, how do you pick, pick yourself up from that episode? Oh, man, it was very difficult, bro. Um... Dude, let me let me get into how deep how how bad it got. It went even deeper. It went it went. The rabbit hole got deeper. The rabbit hole got deeper, right? Like oh my you know, God. bro. Like there was a lot of mental struggles, right? So yeah. people talk about mental health, and honestly speaking, man, I would never, I could never relate to oh, mental health and whatever, because I was like, ah, oh, yeah, just pick yourself up, just think positively. Like that's how I would look at, look at life, mm-hmm. right? I never could understand, but at that point of time, you know, dude, it was crazy, man, dude. Uh, I've never shared this before, and I don't. If I could share, I, I'll just share right now, lah. Right. MW exclusive, MWP exclusive. Come on, let's go. Yeah, as in, uh, I don't even think my closest, like my wife or my even my mom or dad knows this, right? But you know, there would, there were many instances where I literally the devil took over my thoughts, and I was thinking like, you know, I just wanna like leave the world, right? I would literally. Like, there were times, bro, I tell you, dude, it was quite crazy, man. Like, it was... There were times where I would go to a random HDB block and I'd take the lift all the way up to the top floor. Then I will just look down. Then I was just, like... And I did that a few times, you know, bro. Right? You went to a HDB. Yeah. You took the lift up to the, yeah, the bro. highest floor. Yeah, bro. Then you look out. Yeah. And you're wondering what you were doing. And then I would, just, I would just be there thinking, like, you know, would it be, you know... Oh, man. And then one thing that stopped me was like, what would my parents think and stuff, lah, right? So it was, yeah, I do. I've never shared it before, but yeah, lah, it was it was tough, lah. It was very very tough. It was I was in this dark space, you know, lost belief completely. Like, like what's the point, right? Uh, but yeah, so I it was that deep, it was that deep, and um, yeah, bro, the devil was winning this, winning the war in my head. How, how did the light find you again? Good friends. Good friends? Good friends. I I reached out to a friend and told him, look, I don't want to I don't want to lead anymore. Um, but maybe I can play the back seat and help you lah. Right, I said, you know, I'm tired of leading. I don't want to be the person responsible for leading an organization anymore. I don't think I have what it takes. I just need to... Uh, I, I support you, lah, right? I, I just be on the background. I know what I can do. Uh, let me try and see how I can help you. And um, I don't want to be seen, right? Let's just... So I went completely silent. I just went radio silent. And then I just helped him on the back end, right? But I just did that, lah. So for a period of a good year or so, I just was in the back end, just uh, just slowly just um, helping him out, right? But of course, in that period of time, slowly as time passed, you know, I started getting some confidence back, mm. some belief back again, right? Where I could get that small wins again, right? And then slowly but slowly, that confidence started again. Then I eventually realized, like, you know, what I was meant to do, lah, right? I just got reminded again of, like, Resh, that fire is not gone, right? Like, what you dreamed of, what is possible. 
but you need to do it on the correct foundations, the right people. So that fire got reignited. Right? So it, was, it wasn't like I was not meant to do it. I, I knew I always was meant to shine. But, uh, but yeah, man. So thank God for good friends who were there. Uh, who didn't just discard me as in you know there were a lot of people who you know in your lows they would kick you off by the curb fair weather friends yes 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 which you know there were many um, but at that point there were some people who you know were there so you know I managed to uh, pick myself up from there and eventually um, get back on my feet again that's, that's amazing, man. I mean, thank you for sharing this. It's really yeah. the first time I'm hearing this as well. Yeah, man. Uh, and I mean, I, I literally got some goosebumps mm. going on here. Um, and for those of you who are actually watching this, right now, I mean, we, we talked about this earlier mm. in the earlier part of this episode, mm. you know, when one door closes and another one opens. Yeah, absolutely. But the door doesn't open at the top floor of uh, HDB, yeah? Um, please, you know, always reach out to... Uh, if you are ever having any you know, issues and you need someone to talk to, there are always some uh, hotlines that you can call as well. I think mm. for the purpose of what we discussed in the episode, we're going to drop some of these links down below. So make sure you reach out if you ever need help. Uh, it's important, right? Yeah. Um, no, but bro, uh, you know, yeah. very, very important that you share this, right? So again, you know, even the toughest of people, even the people that you see who are, you know, whoever you, you think is amazing or whatever, yeah. you know, they also go through tough times. They also Absolutely. go through difficult times. And it's important to reach out, lah, right? Mm. It's important to reach out. It's important to talk to somebody, right? And you never know. Help can always be there, right? So, like I said, you know, when one door closes, another door will open. And, um, you know, you just got to keep taking the steps forward. Lah. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about, like, business highs. I wasn't expecting the business low to be so low. But uh, I'm so glad that we got to hear this story because mm. I'm sure many of our people who are watching this, our committee members, or even audience who have never known you before mm. they, they, we are, if we, are, we were to look at Resh today right we have never thought we have never think you know there was such an episode you know in his life and it's not just once or twice you know he, he went through such a low end when he was in NS and then through business you know running into such uh, tough times you know having to, to set with his team I mean the mental struggle as well I mean those are really stories that we can pull a lot of lessons from mm. so business sort of thing uh that's amazing. I mean, that's uh, also very uh, inspiring to hear how you actually bounce back. Um, I want to move on a little bit more about how I got to know you for what you are famous for, uh, apart from the six-packs, of course, mm-hmm. but you're a six-pack investor. Yes, yes, yes. So, so ask a little bit more about the, the, the trading side as well, right? So, I, I know you, like, like we started off as a joke in the, earlier in the episode, right? you're not a joke of all trades, you're a master of all trades. That's right. And literally, you trade all sorts of instruments, all sorts yes. of stuff. Like, I want to understand, how, how was your journey on that? How, how did you even get started? And who did you learn from? And hmm. what brought you to where you are today? So, um, yes. So, <laughs> just in case, you know, uh, just to give some context, I, yeah. I invest extensively in multiple instruments, stocks, properties, forex, crypto, futures, right? Many, many instruments, which I've achieved quite substantial returns in, in every one of the instruments, right? But actually, very interestingly, um, you know, I always share that I started out on the right path and I, didn't, I don't have a story of wow, losing so much money or whatever initially when I start because I started out with the right mentor, I started out with the right principles, right? So I actually started off uh, uh, with Sean and, you know, he taught me the principles of uh, value investing and stock options. Mm. And the principles are very, very sound. Right, the Warren Buffett principles are tested, tried, and proven methods. Mm. Right, so you know, no speculation, no anyhow, you know, leverage or whatever it is. Right, you do and follow proper principles to invest in right companies, great companies at undervalued prices. 
right? And that's what I started off doing. I started off doing and investing in the right companies at the right prices, right? Eventually, I got to find out how to invest in really good companies, but you know, super undervalued, like unheard of companies, which could really explode and grow, right? And that's how I really made my first pot of gold, right? By investing in solid, you know, unknown gems that could really explode and grow. So there's this entire uh, this entire checklist and of of ways in which you can actually source them out. And yeah, man. So that 2013, 2014 was fantastic in me making my first, you know, pot of gold. Right, so that was amazing, man. And then, of course, the next thing that brought me to the next level altogether was learning how to use options. Mm. Right, so options is a fantastic tool. Right, very, very, very powerful tool that you can use to, you know, um, there's many, many ways you can use it. You can use it to collect cash flow, right, by selling put options, for example, call options, covered calls. Right, so it was a great cash flow strategy for me to start getting passive income on a monthly basis, but also a way in which you could use call options to really leverage and grow your portfolio exponentially. Right, so call options and uh, you know learning about options was very very powerful in bringing my portfolio to the next level altogether. Right, so that was how I initially built my I would say my first uh, half a million like you know my first real serious pot of gold. Mm. Right, so that was great. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, then let's talk about crypto, right? Let's talk about crypto, right? So 2017, I got first introduced to the power of crypto and what it was about, right? And I was like, wow, okay, that's cool, right? So I got introduced to it, uh, introduced uh, to crypto in 2017. This was the first time I was introduced. I was in Barcelona, so I invested in some Bitcoin at what, ten thousand or whatever. It went all the way up to eighteen thousand. I was like, wow, this is crazy. But then everything came crashing down, bro. Every single thing came crashing down, and I was like, "Holy shit, man! This is bullshit, lah!" Right? So I just took it as a as a whatever lost investment. I just left it there. 2020 was when I had this friend, right, who kept telling me, "Rash, this is halving cycle happening. You need to go and get into Bitcoin." I was like, oh, "Yeah, same shit again." Right? So I I went to open my account after three years, and I saw my money was still red, bro. I was like, "What the hell, bro? Three years later, still red? What the heck is this? Same bullshit shit, investment." Different day. Yeah, same shit, different day. Right? Nine thousand dollars. I still I'm still negative. Three years, you know, right? But he said, "No, no, no. Now it's going to be crazy." Then I said, "Ah, yeah, okay lah. Never mind. Let's just try. Right, let's try again. Open my account again. Bought another Bitcoin. Then this time it really, really flew, bro. It flew. It went from what nine thousand to over sixty thousand dollars, and you know that period of time was insane." And the reason why is because I invested in, like, I still remember Ethereum at like 300 bucks or something, which went to over $4,000, bro. I, dude, I never, ever, ever, ever made such crazy returns in such a short period of time. Nothing ever came close. And this was me clocking at least about 10 years, 8, 10 years already of investing. And I never made such explosive gains in such a short period of time. It was, it was, it was, I was like, holy shit, this is on steroids, bro. Right, so it was crazy. So that was what also got me my really my serious first part of gold, which was insane, lah. Right, it was it was dude, it was in the multi millions. Right, I literally cashed out to go get my first. Um, I cashed out to go get my first landed property. <laughs> Not cheap, <laughs> like you know, my first investment in landed property was well over three million dollars. Mm. You you need millions of dollars, right? I was twenty seven years old, right? But again. Uh, was able to help me purchase and finance my first landed property, which was. Uh, yeah, I think it's a big achievement. Lah. My first property is a land property, guys. I never start HDB all. I start land property, right? So that was how I started, right? And I, you know, that as in my first uh, Singapore, I, I was investing overseas properties. But anyways, my first residential property was was that, right? Uh, which today made me well over a million dollars in gains as well. Anyways, right? So, uh, so yeah, man. So crypto was amazing, uh, and I always knew that you know this was a vehicle 
that number one can really help somebody um, grow a small amount of money to a substantial gain in a short period of time. It's something that is very hard to achieve with uh, investing in blue chip stocks, for example. Right? It's very, very hard to achieve even with options per se. I will, I will, I will just honestly say that. Right? Why? Because options-wise, you do require a decent amount of capital to be able to grow it properly. Right? If not, you'll be taking unnecessary risk. Right? But crypto really, seriously, if you invest in the right things at the right timing, it can help you to grow your money crazily. Right? So today, I dedicate about 30% of my portfolio, the portfolio allocation to crypto. And it's something that I've seen, I know the power, it's the power of helping to turn your little into much. You know, if you are somebody who is like, Rash, I don't have a lot. Maybe I have a couple of thousand dollars, maybe I have a couple of hundred dollars, but I really want to turn that little into much. I'm telling you, man, right, crypto, specifically crypto futures, will seriously help you to grow, right? So that was a niche that I found to be absolutely amazing, very, very exciting. And we've had so many people, you know, achieve daily income of a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars. People have grown their money from 3,000 to over a hundred thousand dollars within nine months, right? Like so many stories, right? Like, you know, literal grandmothers following my trades, making $30,000 in one day, (laughs) right? Like, you know, like, Dude, like Gavin, you've seen this, right? Our community is absolutely... Every single day. Every single day, right? Like people's lives being changed. So, um, is this a powerful vehicle? It's very, very powerful. So, that is what I am currently, um, you know, sharing and, you know, teaching a lot of. Of course, you know, if you do talk to me, I I can teach you many, many different things as well. Like Gavin mentioned, I do have mastery over many different uh, subject domains. But this is something that I believe is one of the most powerful wealth creators, especially in this time and season. Absolutely. And, and, and there's a season for everything, yes, right? Yes, and yes, yes. this is a season for crypto. Yes, yes, yes. yes. There is a, exactly, bro. There is a season for everything. Not, you cannot use a same strategy forever, rest of your life. From my experience, it doesn't work. Mm. There's a time and a season to apply for every instrument. Absolutely. Right now, if you're watching this video, this is the time and season where you can make explosive profits through crypto. And for those of you who are watching this right now, if you want to hear Rest share more about this, and uh, the truth is uh, we are filming this in November 2023, 20, uh, and there's going to be a big event right, in the crypto world uh, in 2024. So yes. if you want to find out more about that, you know, click on the link. We're going to leave a link down in our description box. Just uh, register there and listen to Rest share a little bit more. And if this is something that you would like to do, you know, just sign up. Uh, and who knows where this will bring you. And by the way, everything that we just mentioned uh, over here is not a financial advice. So please exercise your own due diligence. But we do implore you to uh, explore a little bit more, right? To just find out a little bit more, it doesn't hurt, right? So from stocks to options to crypto, then the next question will be, what's next? What's next? Uh, <laughs> global dominance, brother. Global dominance. <laughs> global, uh, listing, no, no. Uh, so, 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 uh, stock picker, maybe. Yeah, okay, invest in my company. Uh, but, but honestly, right. So, right now, if you ask me, my immediate focus, right. Like I, you know, I segment things in my head in you know short term, long term, right. In the short term, my entire team knows this. Next year, I need, I will create. 50 millionaires in my community, 50 crypto millionaires in my community, right? So that's something that I'm obsessed about. That's something I'm thinking about every day of how to support them to make it happen. 50 people who will become crypto millionaires and, uh, you know, you know who you are, right? Uh, The guys who I'm helping out. If you want to be part of the community, let's see, right? But, uh, you know, I've singled out some people who have the ability, who have the, you know, to actually do it. And I'm really coaching them to actually achieve it because their success is my success, man. Right, so that's something that uh, I really, really want to be able to achieve. 
right? Um, that's on my, that's a personal kind of goal of mine. So, so we went from beyond just, you know, uh, training instruments. It's not about like, uh, you want to help other people achieve that level of success already. Absolutely, bro. You know, I share with you something, uh, bro. Yeah. This was a quote that I had on my desktop for many, many years. And the quote is by Zig Ziglar. Mm. You can have everything you want to achieve in life if you help enough other people achieve what they want. Help enough other people achieve what they want, you will achieve any, anything you want. Right? So this is a quote that he mentioned and that's something that I live by. Kill to the editor, please make sure that we have this overlay bright and white for everybody to see. Because it's so true, right? This quote is, is so important. Right? If you can help people achieve what they want, Right, you're gonna have everything in life. It's just like what Rash was sharing earlier. I mean, I, I bring this back to what you were sharing with me, and I just thought that it was such words of wisdom, right? If you find a mentor and you add value to the mentor, right, it's gonna bring you to places. And if you find people, right, who are on, in abundance around the world, and you bring them to where they wanna be, they're gonna lift you off and bring you to places where you wanna be. That's so, so amazing and so true. So, that's the next step for next year, for 2024, and that's about the, the business side of things. Now, I think many of us also know you, uh, you know, you going through all this thing. And I want to talk a little bit more about your, your success philosophy. Because obviously you're a man with, uh, with I think, to a certain level of success today. But I want to understand your, your definition of that. Like what, what, what does success even mean to you, someone who's already there? Mm, uh, great question, man. I, I believe, uh, to me, uh, success mm. is being able to... Uh, Success to me is about leaving a legacy, man, right? If there's remnants of the impact that you can actually have in others, right? In the people that you impact, the people that you are touching, for example, that is what success is, right? If I am able to not just achieve success myself, but through my teachings, through my books, through my work, I'm able to impact people, that is truly success because it lives on beyond you, right? And for me, uh, I love my students, but uh, I love my family more. And, you know, I have a very, very um, uh, handsome, amazing son who, as of this time, is two years old. So, Aiden, when you watch this in the future, Dada wants to train you to become the best version of yourself, right? The, my ceiling will be his flaw. My ceiling that I set for my, that I achieve in my life will be his flaw that he'll have to work upon. So, it's big shoes to fill, but I'm very, very sure... Uh, my job is to train him to become the best version of himself, to be able to speak, to be able to invest, to be able to sell, to be able to do whatever he wants in life, right? But, um, you know, it's, for me, success is to be a good father. Wow, that's, that's a bit amazing. And it brings us one full circle back to the very beginning of this podcast where we talk about how, you know, having that supportive environment, having your, your mom, you know, being so compassionate and being your dad, by being so hardworking, and that brought in the values to you, and now you are talking about bringing this value to uh, Aiden as well. That's super, super amazing. So I, I guess um, you know. I started we, we, with my dad. I ended with my son. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's, it's really a, a full circle here. It's such an amazing uh, episode that we talk about so many amazing stuff. And for those of you, I mean, really, for those of you watching and listening right now, I want you all to comment down below what is the most uh, amazing stuff that you heard. What's your biggest takeaway? that you've gotten from this episode because uh, truly this man right here, uh, I mean, I know Rash for, I would say about six years, six, yeah. seven years now, right? And I've seen through, you know, some of his ups and downs. The reason why I was able to ask some of these questions is also because the truth is personally, I've seen through some of these stages and I just wanted to bring this story out so that you all can listen in and learn from your experiences because not everyone can get to live through those experiences, right? And wisdom is 
by learning from other people's uh, you know, ups and downs as well. So for those of you watching this, really, if you really love this episode, smash the like button, right? Remember to subscribe, turn on the notification bell, right? Comment down below, what's your biggest takeaway? And in fact, if you want Rash to return on this show again, right, as a guest, right? Let me keep my job, right? Let me keep my job. As a guest, right? Comment down below and let me know so that I can bring him back on again and we can share more amazing stories, right? So that we can impart more, I don't know, wisdom, we can impart more knowledge, we can, you know, share with you more uh, life experiences that are going to bring you to the next level because the aim here at Modern Wife Podcast is to empower and reach and involve you. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Rashwin here. Follow him at Six Pack Investor. Follow our social media handle at Modern Wife SG and we'll see you in our next episode.